Blau Weiss, ein Leben lang. Man, that, those, that song sounds so sweet. Uh, Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Episode 98 of Schalke America. Welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, missed this thing. It's been, it's been a few weeks, uh, but we are excited to be back. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Uh, this pod obviously brings, uh, aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. Talk to English-speaking fans of the club, get the point of view across, and bring you game highlights. Joining me on the show for season four is Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing? Make it sound like I'm a new addition just for season four, Jack yeah, Mangan. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it doesn't really feel as though we've uh, away from soccer for too long because the Champions League final was only, um, you know, a couple weeks ago, and obviously yeah. there's still like mls and nwsl action happening and everything but schalke have been uh, out of commission for a little bit uh looking forward to uh getting back into that before my hopes and dreams are inevitably crushed uh probably for the first couple games because that uh that early friday? season friday? Ain't too friendly for us my friend yeah that's uh it, it, it isn't playing too kind to us uh, what is it we talked you know before the podcast uh, three of our first five games are against bayern leipzig and dortmund Hello, welcome 2020 21. So, yes, sir. Yeah, it's going to be a, a crazy, crazy uh, opening start to the season. We'll see how the boys done. Uh, will do. Uh, they've looked. They look decent in in, in preseason. Uh, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, first off, I, I think we just start off with. Well, first off, look at the kit. I'm wearing. The, I'm wearing the alternate jersey tonight, Jack. Uh, Love that. You cannot get that at the Shock America store. You can't get our gear from there, but you can get it from the Shock US store or on Fanatics. Uh, make sure you go there and get your gear. Um, it's not too big of a surprise, at least for you and I, that Wagner is still manager. But it seems that a lot of people were surprised that you know, Wagner remained in power. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, you know Wagner staying? Well, I mean, Schneider had come out and made statements prior to the end of the season that suggested that he was still fully invested and planned on sticking with him, uh, regardless. But anytime you you know you go on a 16 game winless streak to end a season, I mean, I think it's only fair that a number of supporters are questioning whether or not he's going to be um, at the helm going forward. But, uh, you know, apparently he is, you know, Joachim Schneider is uh, sticking with him. Uh, I thought I heard a report a couple weeks ago. I could be making this up, take it with a grain of salt, but I, heard, I thought I heard some report that, you know, even though he's publicly standing by David Wagner, the board may have directed him to on the side, begin a search for a managerial replacement. Um, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but uh, probably not a bad idea. Once again, considering the schedule that we have to start things off because uh, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And obviously we all have that expectation going in. So if it yeah. does go sideways for us in the first couple of weeks, it shouldn't be a surprise. That should probably be kind of the expectation, but um, you know, at the same time, if, if this, this upcoming season, um, starts off the way the last one ended, it's going to be really hard for, I think, Wagner to, to, to hold on to that position. Yeah, I think the key is going to be uh, how competitive do we look in those matches? Now, we we remember the starts we've had again with, with Weinzierl and uh, you know the, the, the infamous 0 for 5 starts that we've had. Um, those were against not – they weren't super difficult opponents. This is a very difficult gauntlet to start the season. So 
you can't you can't you know take too much against it. I think if, you know can't hold it against us if we do hold a start out 0 five. You know because there's there's some difficult teams in there. Um, outside of the three teams we just mentioned, Union Berlin and uh, Werder Bremen. So it's it's a pretty tough five game slate uh, to open up. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Uh, I'm not too su- surprised that Wagner is is still in charge. Uh, you know I wanted to see a full season under him, another you know another season under him, see what he can do in the off season. Um, had an off season to really train with the team and. And get the players in. He got some new players in, so to speak. Um, so I kind, would, of. Uh, kind of, yeah. Uh, but I was curious to see how he would do with some of the uh, old faces on the team. And uh, I've been pretty satisfied. I mean, it started out rough in preseason, but I think at the last few games, uh, we've looked pretty decent. I thought I've been, I've been getting more and more optimistic. Uh, how, how about you looking at the team in, in preseason here? I, I don't take a lot of stock in any of the, the preseason sure. friendlies, the test yeah. fields. I, I, I think people freak out about some of the results, um, whether they're good or bad. Uh, I don't necessarily think they're always indicative of what we're going to end up seeing. Um, and there were some stinkers in there. And then obviously we ended on a high note with a 3-0 against Buckham, I think. Um, Buckham, yeah. I, I don't think there's there's all that much from those matches to really – discuss outside of people being generally fairly pleased with with mark Gut and how he's looking um that would be my one my only thing that i would say yeah so i mean i, I you know it's, it sounds like he's had a pretty good preseason from from what i'm hearing people seem relatively pleased with how he's looking and um you know that's what's one of the guys that's going to be attempting to reintegrate into the squad here uh and you know hopefully this season he can put in some better performances and potentially capitalize on the promise of, of what he, he we thought he had when we brought him in from hoffenheim originally i'm not holding my breath for that at all but you know we'll see it was also nick uh, you know it was also good for us as americans to see nick tatagui out there on the pitch with the senior team uh, i was happy to see that you know good to see him out there and getting some pitch time I'm um, looking forward to see what he could probably provide for the team going forward. They thought they were rid of the Americans, but not yet. We're still here. They can't we're get growing. Rid of us, we're growing. We're growing. McKenny exits the first team on loan to Juve, which Nick we'll talk about in. in a minute. Nick Tatagui, my friends. Um, yeah. So I, I think he was just playing with the uh, the U23s the other day uh, in a in a friendly. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a friendly. Maybe was, maybe it was actually an actual. Him and Matthew game, Hopp but, both did real yeah. well in that game. Uh, we also got Evan Rotondo on, on the wings. Uh, I saw some highlights of him. Uh, he's looking uh, very technically sound. Uh, so yeah, a lot of Americans. We're not going to go away here uh, with Chalka, which is great for us. Uh, great for everyone, really. So yeah, uh, that's you know a little bit on Wagner. I think um, it's going to be important not only the first five games, the difficult gauntlet, but to see what he really does uh, throughout the first half of the season. Um, you know. The way they play, is it going to be the team that we saw in the first half of the season last year or the second half? If it's a team that we saw in the second half, uh, you can probably bet your, you can bet good money that they're going to start looking for somebody. Yeah, I mean, you, you hate that cliche in football, right? Like, oh, the game was a tale of two halves. Or like, you know, the sea was a tale of two halves of the season. But, I mean, it really was the case. We were up and around the Champions League places for most of the first half of the season there. And then, you know, the Rook Runders were really win the wheels completely fell off. It was a completely different yeah. team. So yeah, it's kind of like, you know, six of one, half a dozen of another, which one are we actually going to get from David Wagner and Schalke this season? Um, and it all kind of goes back to the kind of things you and I were talking about um, at the tail end of the, of the Rook Render where, where David Wagner was saying, you know, if I have, if I had the players, like we'd be getting good results. And, and so I, I'm sure some of that was in response to some of the injuries that we were experiencing at the time with Serdar and Harit being out. But at the same time, 
the financial situation doesn't allow for for much to happen in the transfer market. We're going to go into it right now, and, and the vast majority of the action has been um, either players leaving or, or players being reintegrated that we already had on the books. There's not a lot of fresh blood for us uh, to improve things with. So David Wagner is very much going to be playing with a similar batch of toys in this season. He's going to have to conjure up you know a different different outcome out of that somehow. So we'll see. Well, I'm glad you talked about all those moves because there were several moves that took place this offseason. Uh, obviously, we knew we were cash-strapped, uh, so we had to be very uh, creative in, in our moves. Um, first, let's talk about the departures that we had. Uh, obviously, we knew Daniel Calagiri was leaving. Uh, he went on his way to Augsburg. Obviously, we knew about Alexander Nubel going to Bayern. Uh, some other notable moves, uh, Bernard Tecpeti uh, went to Ludogratz on loan. Jonas Carls went to Guimaraes in, in, in Brazil. Uh, Fred, Cedric Toykert went to Union Berlin. And Pablo and Sua went to Huesca. Uh, but I think the one that we weren't prepared for pa- was... Pablo and Sua, like the guy that's like never actually played for us, but has been on our books for years. Like, that guy. I mean, it's that almost guy. like he's like a, like, a, like, a, like a young player for Chelsea or something. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I wish I wish him well in his in his endeavors going for He just he barely saw the guy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know until I went, I went here and I transferred Mark. I'm like, oh, you still have this guy? Really? Uh, anyway, but the, the, I'll say the one fish that we didn't expect uh, kind of came out of the blue was Weston McKinney going to Juventus. Uh, many teams were talking about you know him going to Premier League or maybe even Hertha Berlin was there for a little while. Uh, but out of nowhere, Juventus comes in, they swoop in, get a a loan with a, with an obligation to buy possibly uh, you know at the end. Um, what was your initial thoughts when that when that deal went through? Completely out of left field, I think, for everyone, including yeah. people like us that are actually following that more closely than sort of the larger, yeah. um, you know, European soccer scene or, you know, U.S. men's national team scene. Because um, as you said, it seemed like early on when, when I mean, we knew that McKinney probably wanted to move on. And even if he was, you know, lukewarm on that, he was probably going to be the guy that we were going to try to sell anyway, given our financial difficulties, because we know there's a market for those, you know, that American talent. Um, and, you know, he's expressed an interest in playing in England. And so it's those early rumors were lower mid table Premier League side, Southampton, you know, something in that kind of range. Um, I think I heard like Everton once, which yeah. would have been like on the higher end of, of like kind of what we were looking at. Um, none of that really ever seemed to materialize. And then suddenly there was talk of, you know, a, a bigger money move for us to, to Heritage Berlin. Um, that may have even been at the end of last season because I feel like we may have talked about that. Yeah, at some I, point. I think so. I mean, I, or, or maybe not, but I, yeah, it just it, it seemed to me to be a move that that I didn't un- personally because yeah. that's that's at best a lateral move. I mean, obviously Schalke hasn't been good in the last couple, you know, recently, but uh, I I just don't understand why you would go from like a team like Schalke that traditionally is is supposed to be fighting for European places to Hertha Berlin. Um, didn't seem like the movement. And then also just that kind of money didn't seem likely either. So, uh, that kind of fell away too. And everything was, was quiet suddenly on the, on the McKinney front. And then out of nowhere, there's this rumor about Juventus being interested, which I think just caught everyone by surprise. Cause you look like, once again, you're looking at Southampton, looking at Union Berlin, and then suddenly you have the team in Italy, you know, one of the premier teams. Christian Ronaldo's team. Yeah. Uh, suddenly expressing an interest in, and that all kind of got wrapped up fairly quickly, actually, once that, once that rumor broke, uh, I mean, you can't blame McKinney for being interested in making that move, I have I had some concerns going into it about whether or not it's it's a, it's the best move for him because, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people at at that are supporters of Schalke that don't actually view him as like a starter for us. They think he only gets minutes when you know there's injuries to the squad. I don't fully agree with that, um, but certainly if that was the case, 
that stepping stone to Juve is a much larger stepping stone. And there's a much higher barrier to entry for him to get into that starting 11. He's really going to have to up his game and be consistent. Sounds like the early reports from training sessions um, are that he's looking very well. Pirlo likes him. Um, and, and maybe, you know, that kind of scrappy ball winning player is exactly what Juve has been, been missing recently. And maybe that's kind of why they target him. But um, I mean, you would obviously have more insight to that given your, uh, your Serie A podcast, but uh, ultimately the thing that I'm upset about with this move, Said it on Twitter. Uh, thanks for letting me ramble for five minutes here. But um, if you're going to sell McKinney, fine. But you need to sell him. You can't loan him. Because whether or not you like McKinney or not, you cannot deny that he was an important squad player for us, particularly last season, but for the past couple of seasons. He, he's, yeah. he's, he does a job for us. He's in the squad consistently. We're thin as it is with reinforcements. So not only are you going to let him go, you're not going to get any money in to replace him and potentially like buy another player with that. Um, we got uh, a loan fee of what was it? Uh, maybe like three and a half million euros for the, the initial loan fee. Um, yeah. Now the good news for us is that there is an obligation to buy in this loan move. It was initially reported that there might've been an option to buy, which would have been even more horrendous because if McKinney doesn't play and then comes back, his market value is probably decreased by that point and everything. So um there is an obligation to buy. The obligation is triggered by Juventus qualifying for the Champions League, which we would all expect to be a lock. So Juventus are going to purchase him, um, we would think, for about $18 million. I think there's another $7 million in bonuses that can be added on to that. So yes. overall, we're looking at a fee of like potentially approaching 30 million euros, which, you know what, I'm fine with. I, I would have liked to see you know something in the vein of like an outright sale in the in the region of like 25. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a buyer's market when it comes to Schalke right now, because everyone knows the financial difficulties that we're in. Uh, so we don't really have as much negotiating power as we might otherwise have. And we haven't really shown to be particularly astute at that anyway, over the past couple of seasons. So it's only worse. Um, overall, I mean, I'm sad to lose him. Obviously I liked him. I thought he was an important player for us. I'm excited from the U S men's national team perspective, because I do think that, you know, Schalke maybe wasn't the best environment for him in terms of, um, you know, his usage. Exactly. So I, I think this could be a good thing for him ultimately. And, um, you know, just in the U.S. men's national perspective, it's 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 incredible to see a young American player in training at Juve with Pirlo. Like, it's just it's a big stage, you know, I mean, it's it's bigger than Pulisic at Chelsea, honestly. I'm not yeah. saying he's, he's a better player or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, Juve is a, is a bigger club. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, do, do you do you differ from me in anything with that with that analysis? No, no, not really. Um, you know, it's funny. I recently interviewed, uh, so Fabrizio Romano is one of the biggest journalists in the world. Uh, and he's just started up a new podcast called the Here We Go Podcast. And I interviewed his co-host, uh, Francesco Porzio. And we were talking about transfers. Uh, you know, he, he, he's obviously in the transfer, transfer world as well. And so we we're talking about, you know, trades that were, or signings that were left out of left field. And this, this one came up because um, no, no one saw this really sport. Einstein. Uh, here in Germany, or here, or in Germany, uh, in Germany, uh, broke the news, and you know, and within a matter of hours, it was done. Um, and many people questioned it. You know, you know, we, you were talking going to mid-table teams, and all of a sudden he's going to the top team in in, in Italy. Um, I, you know, many people were unsure why why he would go there. Uh, but it's funny because you know, I listened to the Andrea Pirlo press conference before the before the season, obviously, and he talked about what kind of player he was looking for, and he was basically describing Weston McKinney. You know, bulldog in the midfield who's going to fight for the ball when they get when he has the ball or doesn't have the ball. Um, someone has grit, someone has fight, and that's exactly what Weston McKinney is. And we've seen in preseason thus far, he has been everything that you know Pirlo has wanted. And because of that, you know him with him, he might have a decent chance of starting in that team, surprising or not, because uh, Arthur is more of a playmaker type uh, and Bentancourt as well. So I mean, who, they don't really have a third option, Rabiot maybe, but 
Uh, it's gonna be between him and yeah. So I mean, Wes McKinney right now gives him exactly what he wants, what Pirlo wants, and this is only good for for Schalke because we're gonna obviously get money. Uh, hopefully, I would just prefer to have it now as opposed. I agree. To in installments or at some point in the future, but yeah, I agree. And uh, the the one thing I would say, you know, normally Juventus is a lock for Champions League. I agree, but this is one of the most difficult years for Juve in terms of being a Champions League because there's some actually quality good teams. There's probably five, six teams that could challenge for for. Champions League. However, I, mean, I think you can still say it's an upset though if they don't though. Yes. Oh yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting deal. Um, it does. I do think it pays off better for Weston McKinney and for the U.S. Men's National Team because he has a position that he can lock into uh, more of that eight position. But you know, yeah, for Schalke, it's it's we lose a, a quality squad player whether you like him or not. It's the truth, um, and we don't get that money up front. Um, I think it works out to like five million euro or five million U.S. dollars uh, ultimately. But yeah, it's uh. It's a shock to the system, no doubt about that. Um, you know, and some other moves, you know, those are the guys we lost. Uh, and then we brought in a bunch of players. Well, first off, the team, the players that got promoted, uh, Nick Tatugui was one of them, Timo Becker, Malik Tiao, and Chan Bazdwan, who we saw at the end of the season, both him and Tiao. Um, those are ones who, who got promoted to the senior team. We knew we needed to address some situations. We had the, the right back, left back situation, goalkeeper and and striker position so first yeah. we the, the one of the first chips that fell was Vidal Ibisevic uh from Hertha Berlin we got him on a free transfer mm -hmm. um and then we got a bunch of players back into the team uh from uh, old time team old time players I guess you want to say for the last couple of years Nabil Bentaleb is back uh, as is Steven Skripsky Mark Ut, Ralph Fairman uh and as well as um Rudy, Sebastian Rudy, and one other. What was the other one? I keep... uh, Mendel, Hamza Mendel. Hamza Mendel. So those players all came back from their loans. Mm -hmm. uh, and then today, two bits of news. Gonzalo uh, Pacienza from Eintracht Frankfurt, a loan with a, uh, for $2.2 million, I think it was, US at least. I think it was like a million euro. Uh, we got him on. Yeah, uh, like we got him. And the last tip that fell was... Uh, Ahmed Katuchu possibly getting loaned out to a Bundesliga club for the season. Um, where do you want to start with this? Let's save Katuchu for the end because I have quite a few things to say yeah. about that, as I'm sure you would imagine. That's going to be yeah. a surprise to nobody. Um, but yeah, as we already mentioned, you know, we don't have the money to to overhaul the squad. Um, you know, the, the things that we probably would have liked to do when the new regime took over in terms of you know Schneider and Reschke and everybody in terms of squad planning, uh, we just are not in the position to, to, to really go out there and really try to realize those ambitions. So it is what it is. Um, yeah. As you said, uh, Sebastian Rudy comes back. David Wagner apparently is going to try him out at right back. That seems to be the plan. Yeah. I, I hate that. I absolutely hate that. Um, I will be the happiest person on the planet if I'm proven wrong. And that turns out to be some sort of, you know, master stroke, but I hate that. And I don't think there's a lot of analysis that I need beyond it. I mean, I, I, I'm not a fan of Rudy in general. Um, I, I think he was terrible for us in, in, in the matches he did play for the most part. Seemed largely uninterested in the midfield. Um, not a good work rate. Didn't do much of anything at the time. Um, I'm, I'm annoyed that we couldn't get rid of him you know, permanently, honestly. Um, and so the idea that he's going to come in and solve our right back issues, uh, not buying it. Uh, so let's talk about the right back thing for a second. Uh, yeah. Obviously, last year, Daniel Caligiuri as an option to potentially play back there. And then, of course, John Joe Kenny on loan from Everton. It sounds like there have been some overtures made to Everton about potentially bringing him back on loan. It sounds like Everton only wants to let him go if it's a permanent sale. 
can't do that for obvious reasons. Um, and then Calgary, as you said, left to Augsburg. So suddenly we're left with zero right backs unless Sasha Reeder wants to, you know, trade his suit back for a kit and come in at the age of, you know, 40, however old he is now. Um, yeah, we've done nothing really. I mean, our, our search for a right back has resulted in us bringing back, you know, a midfielder on loan and just pretending that he can be Joshua Kimmich. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's absurd. So, uh, yeah, I hope that works out, but I'm not a fan of it. How about you? I'm not a fan of that either. I'm even less of a fan of Hamza Mendel being a backup option for Bastian Chipka. Uh, while Juan Miranda wasn't, was no, wasn't that great either. Um, I think we still need a quality left back option, you know, cause we work, he's Chipka is a workhorse, but you know, we work someone that much, they're bound to get injured. Um, and you want to have an option, a safety net, just in case that does happen. Or maybe someone who's even better. Who knows? But uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not expecting Hamza Mendil and and Sebastian Rudy to be the the, the keys to, yeah. so, to solve save our season. Uh, we're gonna have to be very disciplined defensively. And I'm talking about the midfielders coming back and helping out because just counting on those four in the back uh, is not gonna be good enough. And we see we saw early on in the preseason how we're gaping holes back there. Uh, at times it was just Bas- uh, excuse me Benjamin Stambouli and and Ralph Fairman. So uh, we need to have a lot of uh, all hands on deck in terms of defensive defensive play, especially the wingbacks and even the midfielders, um, to really make sure we we lock things up. And we're going to get a difficult test against Bayern. Yeah, I, I mean, you're going to have Alfonso Davies working on Sebastian Rudy. Yeah, Ganabri. I mean, come, and, on, come on, oh. come on. I mean, it, it's not it's not a serious solution. I mean, and like yeah. I said, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but it's not. Um, there's been a lot of excitement on Schalke Twitter about the return of Mendiel. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't share in that. Um, I'm willing to give all these guys a second chance. Absolutely, I, I believe Absolutely. in that in general. Not to get too dramatic, but also given the circumstances, like sure, I'm happy to keep an open mind and, and see what they can do for us. But um, and Mendiel did better on, on his loan stint than he had played at Schalke. But anyone who's overly excited about Mendiel, I think, is not accurately remembering how bad he was when he actually played for us because he was not good um like significantly worse than than bastion ochipka so uh we obviously need depth we can't just go into a season with only bastion ochipka so i'm, I'm fine to have mendel back but he really needs to step Wait, up his game isn't mendel one of our strikers <laughs> i remember him playing striker <laughs> against dortmund weston mckinney hamza mendel legendary revered wow. derby uh you know striker that's almost as good as the uh, DeSanto and brickseller <laughs> um, bring it up. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what? DeSanto and Bergstahler was better, and I can't believe yeah, I just yeah, said yeah. you know something was better with DeSanto. It's being recorded. Sentence, you know that, right? Yeah, it is. I, I, I mean, good lord. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, in, in my opinion, solve the issues at at you know at, at right back or depth with left back particularly. Um, I mean, we'll see how Mendel does. It, it could work out. He could be significantly improved. In that case, great. Um, as for the goalkeeper situation, as you said, Nubel left. Fairman comes back on loan. He was. At loan at Norwich, and then was he at a Norwegian club for like a couple yeah, of months too? At the end of the season, yeah. yeah. Sounds like David Wagner's made the decision to go in with Fairman as being the number one um, to start the season. Uh, I'm fine with that if he's outperformed Schubert. Um, I, I'm I'm fine with that, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm once again willing to give Fairman a second chance too. I think if anybody's earned it, it's him, given everything he's given to yeah. the club and the figure he's been over the years. Um, you know, I, I did feel bad that we kind of shipped him out immediately after. I, I don't disagree with necessarily taking him out of the starting lineup after the mistakes he made in that campaign um, when he had that bad run of games and we started giving Newble minutes. But I, I do kind of somewhat disagree with just being like, all right, 
go to Norwich and you know sit on the bench there instead of sit on the bench here. So um, hopefully he does well. It sounds like he's looked pretty good through preseason, and and maybe he can reclaim some of that previous form because there's a long period of time where I felt like he was one of the more underrated goalkeepers in the Bundesliga and didn't get a lot of shine when he when he deserved it to some extent. So there yeah. was a time where he was you know he could have been called up to the, to the Demannschaft. It wasn't for Neuer and Ter Stegen and and Reno. There's a bunch of guys that we had. Germany had a lot of good goalkeepers, so he couldn't get there. But he was he was a very underrated goalkeeper. I agree about that. And I think the one thing we both agree on that we've always said is that as long as the goalkeeper performs, you don't care who plays. Even when it was Nubel, when after the whole Bayern saga, we said if you're gonna play well, then you can play. But that's the whole that's the thing we care about the most. Um, would it help Schubert to be you know to to play over you know getting some starting minutes? Maybe yeah, but we want to make sure you know Ralph Fairman I think is a perfect tutor for him, perfect mentor for him because he's been there. You know he can help him work through all this stuff. Um, get the mental side of the game going because that's really the thing. I, we all agree that Schubert has a, the skill set. It's the mental thing, which is hard for goalkeepers. And Fairman's been around, so he could actually help him with that. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm happy with the Fairman start. I'm, I'm, I'm content with it, I should say. Um, uh, he's looked good. He's looked good so far. He made some big saves in preseason, you know, one on one, which is nice to see. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. I, I can't wait for like Thomas Muller to hit a ball off the back of his kneecap in match one that somehow like confuses Fairman and then he makes a mistake and then loses all confidence. And we have a goalkeeper drama from like the first game. We're right back into it. I think we're all kind of hoping that Fairman, you know, settles things down and we don't have to keep talking about the goalkeeper drama because that took up way too much of our time over the past season and a half or so. But um, yeah, I'm, op- I'm optimistic as well. And I'm, I'm very much fine with Fairman being back in there. Well, this is a Shock America, and we are American podcast. We got our South Americans in the in the house here. Enrico from Hi from Brazil, welcome to the show, Enrico. And uh, Doug, we see you there as well. So, uh, yeah, you know it's uh, you know this whole uh, really at the end of last season, and then uh, in the mid and then in, in this off season, we were every, the rumor was we were going to get a goalkeeper from where the hell was he from? Shvalov. Uh, yeah, yeah, Shvalov. Uh so we, we thought we were going to get him, and then obviously we knew it was going to cost too much. It was like something eight point eight million euros. Yeah, we, and we were both kind of against that from the very beginning. So I'm glad that it. didn't. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't work out. But yeah, so yeah, it, it's Fairman and Schubert, and uh, Fairman is going to be the one who's starting in goal. So um, and once again, I don't think keeper was our biggest problem last year. It I think people are making way too big of a deal over the keeper situation. Like, yeah, it's important to have that, and if you're giving up cheap goals because your keeper play isn't good. Yeah, it's going to affect you over the course of the season. But, you know, I think a much bigger concern is the fact that we scored 38 goals in 34 games um, or that the defense was atrocious in the second half of the season. I was going to say, and, someone and, and that's not, yeah, that's not entirely the keepers. You know what I mean? That's that's the back line and a lot of other things. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll see on that. The other the other two guys were just Bentaleb and Utright. So Bentaleb, I mean, the talent's undeniable. It's there. Um, yeah. when, when he's in good form, he's an excellent player and, and yeah. somebody that would absolutely elevate the squad. Um, we've seen him reach some of those highs, you know, in a, in a Royal blue kit already. The issue with him has been largely, you know, disciplinary, um, it's, to some extent. So have, and, and to be fair, uh, David Wagner wasn't really given the opportunity to have a conversation with him and try to integrate him into the squad at the start of last season. Um, the hierarchy had already kind of made the move, like the move to loan him out to Newcastle and get him out the door because of the way everything unfolded in that, in that Tedesco second half of the season. Um, so it, it wasn't as if like Wagner didn't want him last year. I don't know what the whole story has on, is on that. It seemed like that kind of gotten taken out of his hands. So maybe Wagner had plans for him all along. Maybe, maybe he likes him. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm all in on, on Bentaleb 
assuming that he can, you know, stay committed for the, the entire course of a season and, and leave some of his antics behind. I mean, he, he's certainly old enough now where that shouldn't be a problem anymore. I know uh, Wagner and Bentham both spoke on the subject, and you know Wagner said he's excited to have a player like, of his skill set, you know, in the team. Um, and and Bentham has come out as well as saying that you know, hey, you know, Wagner and I, we spoke, we're on the same page. I'm fully committed to you know what Wagner's trying to do here in Schalke. And well, that's what you want. You're expected to hear that, but well, that's one person <laughs> who's committed to what Wagner's trying to do. With <laughs> well, <I'm not>. Hey, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's an undeniable skill set that we that we need. Uh, we don't have many uh, skill players uh, in the midfield. Well, we do. We have two prime ones, you know, Harit and Serdar. But um, you could always have more. Uh, and he's had he has pleasure, uh, pleasure. He has plenty of experience as well. So uh, I'm curious to see how he'll do. And then the other one is Mark Ut. Uh, we knew what we were. We we knew we thought we were getting a player from Hoffenheim that we didn't. We ended up not getting. Um, you know, a striker who can move around, very mobile. Uh, and it didn't pan out at all with Schalke. It really it really failed miserably. Uh, we end up sending him over to to Cologne, and he did really well. He did fairly well there. Uh, and then all indications are from from preseason so far, and it's preseason. Um, he's looked well, and he's, he's kept that same similar form that he had Cologne. So that's looking good. Um, I, if I'm a, if I was a betting man, and I'm not because I always lose, I would say that uh, you know Ut has a good opportunity to start in, in these games based on what we yeah. saw in preseason. I think part of the problem with him in the past has been that his ideal position is sort of that second striker role where he can yes. kind of play off the shoulder a little bit, drop into the, like slightly drop in and, and be that guy. Uh, and I think too often, uh, like there were times when Tedesco was playing him like just straight up in the midfield, like not like attacking midfield, really just like kind of in the midfield more And that. I don't think that worked for him. And there's also been times where he's been asked to kind of go out there and lead the line by himself. And, and I likewise think that maybe that isn't the best option for him. So uh, it seems like David Wagner may have figured out a way to kind of use him correctly, get him back to what his strengths are. Um, but I mean, ultimately we have to face the fact that we kind of made a decision to sign this guy off of a very small sample size in terms of him playing particularly well, right? Like it was really just that one season for Hoffenheim where he caught the eye, the rest of his time was somewhat pedestrian. So it's not like he has this whole resume of, of you know, excellent uh, goal scoring that we signed him off of. It was kind of a yeah. flash in the pan thing. So, I mean, maybe that flash in the pan was a flash in the pan. Maybe that's not the player we bought that we thought we were. But as you said, um, you know, seems like he's been doing okay in preseason and everything. And I'm, I'm perfectly willing to see what he can bring this season. No, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, Enrico brings up a good point. He says, David Wagner was unable to act after the injuries of important players like Mascarell and Serdar last year. Uh, this season, with more experienced players in the squad, like the guys we just mentioned, uh, this situation cannot be repeated. I think that's the key, though. Um, if you know, if we are to be unfortunate with the injuries, which we kind of revamped the medical team after the debacle from the last several years, um, if we do get back into that kind of injury crisis, we do have depth, more depth now, not good depth, but we have more depth you would hope that we would not repeat the same mistakes we did last year, or yeah. it should be an easy answer after that. And I'm not trying to minimize the uh, the loss of Harit, Serdar, Mascarell that we experienced in midfield. Those were all starters, and that's that's going to definitely affect things. But if if that takes your team from you know European places to a 16 game winless streak, I don't think that's explained solely by the absence of those players. And if it is, the rest of your squad's trash. Yeah. which I don't think is entirely the case. So that I think David Wagner does have to take a lot of responsibility for that. And uh, if we experience similar injuries, hopefully we don't fall apart like that again, because I mean, a team like Schalke shouldn't have to rely on one or two guys to, um, to stay afloat. I mean, there's a difference between like, Hey, we lost some good goal scorers. That's going to hurt us in, in trying to, you know, compete with, 
you know, Dortmund and Leipzig and, and Bayern with all that goal scoring that, you know, finish top of the table, but it shouldn't take you to the other end where suddenly, you know, you're Trash. Looking, looking at the relegation zone with like, you know, a cautious eye, like, eh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, that pendulum swing, I think was far too wild for, for the injury situation to explain it fully. No, yeah, that's uh, that's hundred percent right there. Uh, Miguel's in the house. He says, hi guys. Greetings from Brazil. As always loving your work here on YouTube and Twitter. Keep it up. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that very much. Um, should we big, get to the strikers? Brazil? Love it. We are getting bigger Brazil. I like it. I like it. Um, so let's talk about the strikers that came in first. Adisevic. Yeah, he came in uh, yes. earlier in the off season. Um, initially, I mean, people people were very uh, to me. Well, at least what I saw were very against the move. Um, I thought it would have been a good depth player. Um, looks like he might be a striker or uh, the starting striker. Well, we don't know now with Paciencia, but. Uh, you know, Abisevich can't score in Bundesliga. We've known that he's a proven commodity, yeah. at least against Schalke. At least against Schalke, he's always seen to score. Um, so at least he knows how to put the ball in the back of the net, we hope. Uh, so I'm okay with this. It's a was it a free transfer, right? So it's yes, not a bad it was. move. He, it and, was. He, and he's all he said, you know, since he's been here is how he, you know, he's fully committed to the team. Any kind of, I think he said even, and I may be making this up, that any wages he gets, he's going to donate. Yeah. Uh, he's just sure, looking yeah. to play for Bundesliga. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like, how do you not like this guy? Exactly. Yeah. And I was one of the guys that was kind of negative on, on Twitter about this. That wasn't so much that I think it's a bad move. It's that like, we have this massive issue to solve, which is a lack of goal scoring and your We're solution to that is a, is a 36 year old on a free transfer. It's kind of like, you know, here we go. Um, but I mean, yeah, it is a free transfer. He's taking a, you know, basement level salary and then just supposedly donating it so from that sense i think it's perfectly fine business and i don't mind having him in the squad and uh you know to be fair seven goals in the bundesliga last season that's better than any striker on our team last season he'd be the leading goal scorer i think i mean i mean yeah i mean her, i think harit and serdar were, were in that range as well yeah. but like as far as the actual like forwards on the team i mean he would walk in being the leading goal scorer so it's kind of hard to uh you know to dismiss it too much given what we had going on previously but uh, yeah, no, it sounds like he's he's just kind of motivated to to be there and play and doesn't care about the contract too much and just is, at a minimum, you would expect it to be a decent locker room guy to have that kind of experience and leadership and everything. So I wonder if he has the the stamina to, to play a full 90 minutes, you know, and he is 36. We've seen a 38 year old in, in Milan who's doing 90 minute games like it's not no problem with him. And I'm talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I'm not comparing the two, but. You, you know, you wonder as someone who, who's getting up there in age, and pretty much anyone for after 32, do they have the stamina to last the full 90 minutes? Uh, we'll see. It's a good game, or not a good game, good game for him to try, I guess, uh, if Byron, if he does get to start. But, um, Richard, me, you got it, you got it reversed. It's the young guys that can't last 90 minutes. That's why Katucho only gets 10 minute cameos. It's, it's Bergstaller that's in there for, you know, the full 90. And uh, and Avicevich is probably going to be the same. You got to you got to reverse. Yeah, I, you know me. My <laughs> bad. My bad. <laughs> so I thought he was going to be the uh, official starter, maybe with him and Markut. Uh, but just today, you know, the medical was signed or everything was signed. Uh, Gonzalo Paciencia comes on board, third striker from Frankfurt. It was a surplus for them. He comes over. Uh, the guy with the epic chin uh, and the long locks. Uh, he's he's on board now. Um, I mean, he, he's a decent player, decent Bundesliga player. I don't know between him and, and Abisevich who gets a start. I, I assume one of them will. I, I doubt both will start, um, but I think one of them will. I don't know who who do you who do you tip your hat with? I mean, what do you first? What do you make the move, and then what do you who do you think will get that position? I, uh, I mean, it, I guess it kind of depends on like what Wagner is planning on doing with Benito Ramon this year. Um, yeah, it's another. 
We have okay is, options. Not good. He's kind of. I don't know where he stands. Is he? Is he more of a winger? Is he? Is he? You know, going to be played as in a striker partnership? Is he even? Is he going to be a bench guy this year? I don't know where he's going to fit in exactly. Um, I guess if I had to guess, I probably wouldn't suggest that Paciencia is going to be starting on Friday, just because that's a short time from when he joins the team to actually being in, you know against a big opponent. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like Paciencia and, and Oop going forward as, as a as a partnership. Yeah. Um. And uh. Yeah. His loan move was what like half half the loan fee for McKenney. So yeah. Um. Not bad option to buy as well for something. I think it was like eight million range we could buy him for. Um. I'm fine with that move. It doesn't excite me too much um but not bad i think what 10 goals in 34 matches uh not last season like overall um for eintracht frankfurt since he came in which isn't great but not a horrible goal return especially when you're talking about you know what schalke players have been doing uh recently i feel, I feel like 10 goals were all against schalke could have been yeah Everyone's and he, he's, he's a decent all-around player you know he's not like a like a striker who's like a pace merchant or somebody who primarily relies on his physicality um i think he's you know, kind of all around has decent technical ability. He, I, I like his movement around the final third around the box. I think he, you know, drifts off defenders and finds some space pretty cleverly at times, makes some good trailing runs, you know, good shot on pretty good in the air as well, um, which could be useful for set pieces. I mean, he scored a number of goals, you know, from headers and everything. So uh, I'm fine with it. And, you know, hopefully he can uh, do a good job for us. Uh, I mean, once again, I don't take a lot of stock in the test but I think he just had a goal against Monaco in one of their preseason friendlies very recently that was uh, pretty legit. So, um, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing what he can bring. If nothing else, that that chin's just got to get a – well, I just hit my mic as I'm talking about that. Uh, that chin's got to give us something. It's got to give us a little bit of a boost, you know? Got to give um, us a goal for that, right? I mean, off, yeah, off absolutely. I would, love, I would love a goal off the chin. That would, that would be – you know, that'd be fantastic. I, uh, I, th- I think, you know, at least I think we're in agreement that, you know, both Pacienza and Ibisevic are basically the same type of player, different parts of their career, but they, they, they bring similar thing. They hold up the ball. Well, they're good in the air uh, and have a, a, a nose for the net. So um, Enrico uh, says, uh, you know, he loves the, hi- the hiring of Ibisevic excites him a lot. Excellent player. If, the te- if it helps the team and he will score many goals this season, uh, he has a potential, um, another Brazilian in the house, he says, Hey guys, what do you think will be the role of Uth in Wagner's system? And I, I, I think we, we both agree that we think the second striker role will probably be the best for Uth and for the team. Cause I think if Pacienza or, um, uh, Ibisevic is starting there, you can play Uth off, off of him. And then like you mentioned about Raman, where does he play? Where does he fit into this? You know, especially with, you know, Serdar and Harit back, um, maybe the wing is a position for him. That's kind of what he played, you know, previously, or maybe put in the second striker role. Uh, behind um, one of the big big boys uh, and give some um, uh, time off for uh, Ut or if Ut's not playing, just play Ramon. I don't know who, how you do that, but that's uh, that's why Wagner makes the big bucks, right? More than us, at least. So it's some interesting decisions to make uh, for, for Wagner, no doubt about that. Some uh, interesting moves, no doubt about it. So this kind of leads us to um, the big game on, on Friday. Katuchu first. Oh, wait, wait, yes. How did I forget that? Let me back up a little bit. Um, the big news today for all of us, I know all of you guys here, all, all my shock, all our shock Americans. The r- rumor was Ahmed Katucha is going to be loaned out to a Bundesliga club, not to be named, um, so he can get some starting time uh, this season. Where do you, you want to start? I know you do. You're chomping at the yeah. bit. So, as I said earlier, I have a lot of thoughts about this. So. This half the talk this offseason is is how the striker position 
is a massive area of focus that we need to, to reinforce. And obviously, you know, BCH, BCH, you know, pass the NCF, fine, whatever. But one of the things that we've been talking about was, hey, maybe this is actually an opportunity for Katucha to get a significant amount of minutes because we're not going to be able to bring in, you know, that talisman striker that we're looking for. And, and you know, we're going to get a chance to actually see what he can do. And then, of course, we're, we're apparently looking for a loan move for him because we would rather him go get minutes elsewhere than for us. And I just, I don't understand it uh i've seen i've seen a lot on twitter today of people saying yeah but like he wasn't even really that good last year anyway and okay fine who was how can you be good for 10 minutes a game that's part of it he didn't really start getting significant minutes until you know after the uh the restart post coronavirus suspension a lot of his early minutes were as you said nine minutes at the end of the game 10 minutes at the end of the game oftentimes when the game's already kind of out of hand at that point it's not really you know the greatest sample size for him but you know if your logic is katuchu didn't play particularly well last season so let's loan him out why is it katuchu as opposed to bergstaller who let me see what my notes are here hasn't scored a bundesliga goal since may 11th 2019 Sorry, I just saw your 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 name right there. So yeah, I changed it to Yeah, I did. Um, just for this segment, but I mean, so yeah, my point is like, if if you're loaning out Katucho because he hasn't been playing well, like relative to what? Why aren't you loaning out Benito Raman? Why aren't you loaning out Bergstaller? Why aren't you? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, what is the argument for him specifically? It's not that he's playing bad, because I can tell you right now, uh, this is this is a very you know cheap way of doing this because stats can be made to say whatever you want. But if you just want to go in terms of goals per ninety, just pure goal prediction numbers, okay? Um, Katuchu, uh last season for 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 Schalke in the Bundesliga, point for one goals per ninety. Okay, he only had like six hundred sixty minutes the entire season hmm. in the Bundesliga. Bergstaller zero, obviously, because he hasn't scored since the end of twenty nineteen. Benito Raman point two two goals per ninety. So that's about half. Uh, Mark Oot had 0.3 last season per 90, all of which were for Cologne, yeah. by the way. Yeah. In his time at Schalke, all of his Bundesliga matches for Schalke so far, like not just last season, but you know the season before, he has two goals in 1,759 minutes. That's 0.1 goals per 90 for Mark Oot. Um, and uh, Paciencia and Ibizovic walk into the lineup with better, you know, goals per 90 ratings and then all of those players, including Katuchu. But uh, the point is like everyone, he hasn't been playing that well. No one has been playing better. It, it comes down to, in my opinion, either David Viner just doesn't like him personally. Maybe there's something we're not seeing behind the scenes in terms of like training issues or like attitude issues. I doubt that, but it seems that he just doesn't like the system. And so here we are, you know, let, let's, let's not, let's not focus on our investment in, in this young player who, who seems to have a lot of potential. It could be a star. Let, let's make sure we don't, you know, we don't have to, uh, you know, uh, hurt the integrity of the system, this glorious system that led to a 16-game winless streak at the end of last season. Yes, please, let's get rid of Katuchu to make sure we have the right players for the system. The system that you know had us finish in the bottom half of the table. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't buy it. And, and the other question is, is like, we're, we're doing this presumably, I would imagine, once again, because David Wagner doesn't like him for the system. Is David Wagner even the coach after five games? Legitimate question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, do you if we do don't you, show up for those five games? Do you envision us beating Leipzig, Dortmund, or Bayern? I don't. I don't. And honestly, it, it, I mean, like, it's a new season. It's a fresh slate. We'll see how we do. And I'm not trying to be like too Debbie Downer here, but like, if we show up playing similarly to how we're playing at the end of the season, we could lose to Union Berlin. We could lose to Werder Bremen as well. We could lose five games in a row. You're telling me David Wagner was going to be there, and then we have to fight the rest of the season, and we've already loaned Katuchu out. Because he wasn't a fit for David Wagner, who is arguably not even a fit for the club in the first place. So anyway, I, think I, I, I hate question, it. And yeah, go ahead. The fair question is not whether we're going to win those games. It's are we competitive in those games? 
Uh, I don't think we're going to win those games, at least the three games for sure. The question is, are we competitive against any of those five teams? And if we're not, you should certainly be looking for another manager. But if we are competitive against Bayern and, and, and all those teams, okay, that's different. And Doug brings up a good point because he says, you know, if you're yeah. not going to play Katuchu, let him play somewhere else. And I agree about that. But yeah, he should be playing is what we're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like from, from the perspective of if David Wagner is in control and David Wagner has no intention of giving this guy significant minutes, then of course I support a loan move for Katuchu because we yeah. want him to get minutes. And if he's going to stay in the Bundesliga, great, all for it. Yeah, the, the, the argument I'm making is I don't think he should be the one who gets loaned out. Um, and uh, where does he go to get minutes in the Bundesliga? I don't know. I didn't see any th those loan rumors that we were hearing today. They had a specific team attached, yeah, attached to it. So if it's one of the bottom teams, as you would imagine, right, to get to get actually pitch time, where's you know where's he going to go? And then he's going to be on a struggling team. I mean, our luck, he's going to go there somewhere and score ten goals. I mean, but like the thing is, would you be surprised? No. If, if he goes to a lower level team that, that that says like, "Hey, we're gonna play you significant minutes from match day one. You're not gonna be getting ten minute cameos. Like once he gets integrated to the squad, he's gonna be like kind of a rotation player, like getting legitimate starting minutes. Would you surpri be surprised if he scores ten goals? I wouldn't. The, the guy scored, the guy had three goals and three assists to the Bundesliga in six hundred and sixty minutes last. I mean, like like is that a great goal return? No. no. But like, for, I mean, for the amount of minutes he played, I mean, like Robbie Matondo had more than twice as many minutes as Katuchu last season and had less goals. Yeah. It's the guy hasn't been as bad as people are making it out to be. I don't think he's given like fully been given a fair shake. His first start once again was that Leverkusen game way deep into the rook run. Like it took that long for, for us to even give him an opportunity. So um, yeah, if this does end up happening, which obviously I'm, I'm against kind of on principle, but uh, then yeah, I hope, it, I hope it goes well for him and I hope we see him getting consistent minutes and, and getting that opportunity to see what we have. And, you know, uh, hopefully he doesn't score any goals against Schalke. That's all I can say. <laughs> if, I, if I was Jokin Snyder, and I'm obviously not, uh, the stipulation would be if we loan him out, he has to start. He has to start just, or at least be a a, a normal rotation player. Because if he plays a similar role as he plays for Schalke, you're just wasting his kid's talent away, and it's unfair to him. I think he needs to go somewhere and be a starter on the team so we can see what he has. At least we know then, okay, yeah, he didn't have that. He, he plays well. Oh, he doesn't play well. At least we know. So uh, yeah, if he stays in the Bundesliga, where does he think he get? I mean, we're looking at like Mainz, Cologne, Augsburg, um, Augsburg. Yeah, it could be like I mean, that's kind of the range we're thinking. Maybe maybe like Union Berlin. Although I doubt that. I yeah. doubt they would want him. But like, imagine he goes to uh, uh, Bayern. You know, takes over for Lewandowski and then <laughs> I'll stop there. Uh, Armenia Bielefeld, the new new boys. Uh, maybe them. Um, Union Berlin. I mean, didn't they lose Anderson? I feel like they lost Anderson. Maybe not. We were rumored oh, with should, him for a while. Should, uh, if I miss that news, that's bad news to miss. Um, I'm embarrassed if I didn't Yeah, know there's, that. there's a handful of teams, I think, in the Bundesliga where he would go and could start. Uh, Stuttgart might be another one. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be difficult. Uh, and getting consistent time is going to be hard to come by. And I'm curious to see how, this, how the deal works out. Uh, obviously, we're against it, home of the free Katuchin movement. But um, we'll see. Uh, James is in the house. He says, basically, the whole second half of the season – Schalke without Roman, Harit, Sarah, and Mascarell. To be fair to him, most teams would struggle losing almost their spine. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I don't expect us to maintain the same level of performance, but I also don't expect us to go 16 games without a win. And I think that's what the point I'm trying to make is that pendulum is going too far, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's that's all. So we're, we're obviously against this. Uh, Williams in the house, he says, uh, I'm late, sorry. Two questions. One, I see Derek Ray had us in a playoff relegation spot. Uh, yes, uh, uh, we were the fourth from the bottom uh, on the Derek Ray's list. Uh, and then he says, uh, do you see us ending there? Um, I hope not. 
I, that's all I can say right now. I hope not. Um, and then which striker do you see disappearing now that we signed a quality striker like Gonzalo? Well, Katucci for one, uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, Berksall, you think would be the logical choice? Yeah, I mean, I think he's still going to get his garbage time, muck it up minutes where you know, he comes out in the seventy fifth minute and just like harasses people to like bother them. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with. I think you and I agree. I, th- I think it, it's likely going to be like a Paciencia Uth partnership, and I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah. we're not, we're not going to know until we really get into it. And like I said, I wouldn't expect him necessarily be in the starting eleven on Friday for Bayern. Yeah, and you think. Do you what do you think about Derek's uh at least position table for Schalke? You think it's that drastic this year again? I mean, it was pretty bad last year. I no doubt about it. I'm not. Yeah, off the double check. I thought he said like, was it 15th or was it was it actually in fourth from the bottom? That's all I know. So if there's 18 teams, you were 15. Yeah. Um, Augsburg he had dead last. I know. That. I don't. I don't think it's unrealistic. What would we finish last season? 12th. Uh, yeah, that's because we had such a great start. Three spots less. No significant moves, loss of Daniel Caligiuri. Yeah. You know, loss of John Joe Kenny at right back. Although I know people, once again, on Shackle Twitter sometimes aren't, aren't fans of him. But I mean, I think a right back is better than zero right back. <laughs> I mean, kind of hard to not make that case. Uh, I could see it. Uh, yeah. I haven't I haven't decided where I want to put it yet. I haven't done my, my full preseason Bundesliga. We'll get to that. I, sure. I, yeah. I mean, I usually publish like the whole like table list so that people can laugh at me in the year and see how badly I, I did in predicting it. Um, Maybe but, I'll pick uh, Schalke to win the league again. Don't you dare. <laughs> see, I at least had Schalke, I think, 10th last season. We were, we finished close to that. So I was, yeah. I was being there. I haven't decided where I want us this year. But yeah, I, I, I could totally see us dropping a couple extra places. I, I hope that what ends up happening is that our performances are um kind of more of a mix between what happened in the first half last year and the second half and it's a more steady ship and we finish you know mid table again um score some freaking goals yeah seriously we'll see uh so speaking of goals uh our next game our first game is against Bayern this friday uh we're gonna have to preview it it'll be quick um it doesn't look uh, doesn't look tasty to me uh considering what we've done and who they are um yeah, what do you think of this game? Here's the preview. We gonna lose. We gonna lose. <laughs> that's that's the preview. Um, I mean, yeah, Bayern. Uh, I mean, it, there shouldn't even be a case of like, well, you never know. Bayern might not be back into like peak They're form. Tired. Yeah, you know, I mean, like they, they just got back from summer break. Maybe it'll take them a while to get in gear. I mean, they just won the Champions League like two weeks ago. I think they're pretty much in gear. Like it's not like they've had that much time off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then once again, just the right back issue. I mean, you're gonna have Coman, Afonso Davies, whoever else coming. I mean, it's it's yeah. Hulk. I mean, Goretzka is gonna be there doing his thing. I mean, the whole team is this. They're they're too good not to do good. Uh, it's going to be a difficult game for us. And like, this is what we kind of talked about before with Wagner, you know, what kind of discipline do we show defensively? The, the midfield has to 100% help out with the defense. Cause if you leave the four back there to do what they have to do, they're going to get torn up left and right. It doesn't mean we're not going to get torn up. We put 11 behind the ball, but we have to have a fully committed team defensively and play on the counterattack with, you know, somebody with speed. I don't know. Maybe this is a game for Ramon or something like that. Um, not going to teach you, I guess. Go Robbie, go yeah, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> The classic no strategy, the go Robbie go strategy. It's a great tactic. Um, what I will say, Paciencia, in that in that Frankfurt game last season where they five won Bayern and got Kovac fired, right? Paciencia yep. drew the red card on on Botang early to get him sent off. Scored the fifth goal, hockey assist on maybe the third. Very much involved in that game. So hey, we have somebody on our team now that can do some damage against Bayern. Apparently, we need we need that. If anything is a little I big boys. Why not? I the two big yeah. boys. Why not? 
yeah, let's go for it. Um, so I'm not going to be looking for a result in this game. If we get one, I'll take it. Yeah. But I want to see how competitive we are. That's that's the thing I'm looking for. Are we actually making an effort in the game? Is it going to be 90%, 90% possession for Byron, or is it going to be more like 60-40? Um, you, you expect them to be dominating that possession, but I want to see us look competitive, uh, trying hard. And if we do that, that gives me some hope. If we just look like a flash in the pan, we lose 7 nothing or something. Yeah. Oh man, that's going to be but, a tough season. But Richard, that's all you and I ever asked for. We're, we're realistic on yeah, this podcast. Yeah. We un- we understand where the team is at this point. We're not saying that like we need to go beat Bayern because we need to beat Bayern because pride or something. Like, like we understand we're not on that level. But no. there's a difference between the game in the Hinrunda where we lost three nil, but like played really, really outplayed them in the second half. Probably yeah. had two penalties that should have gone our way. We were fine with that performance for the most part. We we liked that second half performance that that gave us. You know, something to hold on to. There's a difference between that and the Hinrun diversion where where was it five nil, and it was just a complete route like from the beginning. Like so, yeah, we're okay with a loss, but we'd like to see, you know, a performance that looks something closer to that first half of the season performance. As a co- you know, that that's all we're saying here. Yeah, and and Doug saying, no, the question is, do we put one in the net and keep Byron from scoring five? We'd like that to happen, you know. Uh, honestly, that would be great. That would be a, the best best case result for us. Um, he said he's be happy with a two one or three one loss, and I agree that that would mean that we were competitive in that game and it wasn't a, a annihilation. And that's what I'm afraid of, you know. Go, given Byron's current condition and what we showed at the end of the season, I'm all I, you know, we are going to give Wagner and the team a chance because you have to, you, you have to, you have to miss it at the beginning of the season, but uh, we'll see. Let's see what team kind of what kind of team shows up. So that's I think the big thing there. So um, I don't know if we need to beat that dead horse anymore. What do you think? Yeah. You got anything else? No. No. Good. All right. Uh, well, let's get into the season preview. Uh, it's going to be difficult. Obviously, the first five games are difficult. Uh, the first, third, and fifth games are Bayern, um, Leipzig, and Dortmund. And in between there, you got Werder Bremen and Union Berlin. Those are tough five games. Um, it's going to be a difficult season, Jack. The silver lining about those games against Bayern, Dortmund, and, and Leipzig, and this is a this is me grasping for a silver lining big time. I'm reaching for it, man. Um, is that all of those games take place um, on the road in the first yeah. half of the season? Um, it is possible that we're going to be seeing severely diminished crowds right now because I, I don't know what the what the word is yet, but I imagine they're not letting in full amounts of people back in the stadiums right now. It's still going to be you know not the atmosphere that we're used to. So, um, but depending on how things go over the course of the year second half of the season we might actually see more people in the stadiums and that could give us a little bit more of a home field advantage than than those teams are going to enjoy in the first half that's me uh you know trying to put a silver lining on that but uh i saw some decent crowds in uh, some of the pokal matches um so they'll be fairly decent crowds yeah germany's handling it better than us in the u.s right now so this is true this is very true so but still a a partially full crowd is better than a full crowd especially like a Dortmund and byron those can be very raucous crowds and and leipzig as well so um that is that's a decent point there um and you know hopefully in the in the end of the season or second half of the season we're gonna have um more people out and then uh, hopefully veltons will be rocking uh so we'll see but you know the game is following that so those first five games are very difficult um, but following that, you know, Stu- we got Stuttgart, Mainz, Wolfsburg, and then Gladbach and Leverkusen. So some decent games we could rebound from. And if we get, you know, if we come out of those first five games, you know, yeah. somewhat level, uh, that's a good sign. I think I think if we come out of those first five games 0-5 and, and show no competitiveness, this is going to be a miserable season. But if we, if we come out of there with like 2-3 and three or something, or, you know, maybe two draws in there, that's that's okay. 
we need to survive the first five games, I think. And then, like I said, the, the most important thing is be competitive in those games. Give us hope. Yeah, there, there's some games in those first seven, eight games that are, that are winnable games. Yeah, absolutely. In, in theory. The thing I'm struggling with, I think you are as well, is just we, we have no idea what to expect. You know, once again, is, is it the first half of the season we saw under Wagner? Is it the second half? You know, is it is it some of the things we've seen in the preseason? At times, um, where we're getting, you know, we're we're shipping goals to third division teams, or you know, or what, what is it? Like, we, we don't know what we're actually going to see out there, so it's difficult for me to be like, yeah, Werder Bremen, Union Berlin, in the bag. You know, I mean, like, we could be losing yeah. those games for all we know. So, uh, yeah, it, we do know for a fact that it's probably not going to be pretty to start. It's a question of is it is it bad or is it catastrophic? That's that's the question. Doug says uh, there'll probably be no fans because the affection rate is too high in Munich right now. So I guess that's uh, something for us, at least for the Munich game. Uh, but I'm curious what the what the Dortmund and Leipzig crowds are going to be like in both, you know, in, in those cities. See how they're doing. It's probably going to be some some fans there, I would think. But let's see. It's still several weeks away. Anything can happen. Um, yeah, but it's uh, it's a long season. Um, we it's too much unknown for us to really truly predict how we think it's going to go. You know, if it, if it was. Because we had we had a Jekyll and High team last year, and we don't know which team is going to show up. Obviously, having Harit Serdar back, Mascarell, uh, that's going to be big um, for us in terms of uh, creating offensive flow. Uh, that that leaves me optimistic for sure. Um, I'm hoping that we can, you know, if we can get to the winner, the Winterpause, you know, somewhere mid table. That's that's a good thing. I don't expect us to be like we did last last Winterpause and, and be you know fighting for Champions League. But um, yeah. I, it's a difficult team. I, I, you know, if I had to place a uh, place our do our final rankings for this year, um, the optimist in me would say, you know, we'll finish like tenth. But you know, what Derek Ray said, probably not too far off either. It's probably somewhere in the middle there, maybe like a twelfth, like like you predicted last year. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see the first, really, the first month to see what kind of team we got. Honestly, uh, it's so many unknowns. This is like the most unknowns I think we've had going into a season. In yeah, tough, tough, tough situation for sure. The club, the clubs in. Club's in a tough spot right now. Yeah. So what do you think? Where do you think we'll end up in this? Uh I think I think whatever comes, we'll get through it together, man. Well, we'll have to, right? We'll have to. Season totally four, happy. keeping on strong. Uh we need each other more than ever now. <laughs> oh man, those days of uh flying high in second place at Tedesco are long gone. So um yeah, I'm curious for for those in the room with us here uh, on YouTube. What do you think? Uh, how do you think we're gonna do this season in terms of placement? Um it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult season, but um, I think who do you think the key players have to be for us to have a successful season? Talking to me? Yeah, oh yeah. I'm talking to everybody. Everybody that you right now. I mean, uh, I, I think it's the main names that um you would expect. Suat Serdar, Harit. They need to stay healthy. They need to kind of show the kind of production they were showing last season. If if both of them are are, you know, putting in goal tallies that are approaching 10. You know, like more than maybe seven goals a piece, that kind of thing. That's going to go a long way to helping us out. Uh, we just we need to we need to see the offense step up. So we need we need big performances from Marco. We need, um, you know, I'd like to say we need big performances from Katuchu, but uh, yeah, I mean these Abisovic needs to be not totally washed, and I don't believe he is yet. Um, yeah. You know, still still had an effect last season, so uh, we need to get quality managed minutes from Abisovic. We need Marco to capitalize on on the promise that he showed when we initially signed him. Um, and, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, year two in, in Wagner system, Benito Raman settled a little bit more. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I think most of our focus needs to be on 
what's going on going forward because 38 goals um, in 34 games is not going to get you where you need to be, even if your defense is, is pretty special, which Didn't I'm, I'm Lewandowski sure way more than that last year. The same. Yeah. I mean, probably, I mean, yeah. Sure. Won the Ballon d'Or if they didn't cancel it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, who is your ideal starting 11 this season? Who is Jack Mangan starting 11? Uh, like I'll tell you mine. Um, Fireman, I think probably starting in net is probably a good call there. Uh, back four. <laughs> Who do we got at right back? Well, that's why I was pausing immediately because I was yeah. like, ideal. Like at the moment, it's Rudy. Ru- yeah, Rudy at right back is never ideal, but like, yeah, but I, I kind of have to say that. You got what you got, right? Uh, Ozan yeah. Kabak and maybe Sane in the middle there. Nasasic with a, with the backup role, left back Achipka, obviously because I'm not going to trust Mendel until I, you know, until he proves me wrong. Midfield, we got a lot of options there. I mean, Mascarell in the in that six role is probably going to have to be uh, do well there. Serdar Harit, uh, if you can fit. Bentaleb in there somehow. Um, and then, you know, maybe up top with uh, Ut and I guess Pacienza overall, you know, either Pacienza or or um, Ibisevic. And, you know, I guess that's, a, I don't even know, how I lost count what, how many guys are, that is yeah. right there. But um, maybe Rahman and Ut, you know, interchange throughout the season. But that's probably at the moment by my starting 11. Uh, it'd be nice to see Nick jump in there somehow at, at, during the season. But yeah. at the moment, that's probably who I'd go with. Yeah, I'll put Fairman in net. I'm fine with that. Uh, center back pairing of uh, you know, Kabak and Sane. Um, right back Becker. Because I'm not going to say Rudy. I refuse. Uh, until he demonstrates I would like to see Becker. Yeah, I mean, I think Becker did put in some shifts there. Wasn't thoroughly convincing, but he played there a couple times last season. I'm, I'm, I'm fine He's with that. He's actually right back. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ochipka left back. Um Central midfield, uh, Mascarell when he gets healthy. I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup against Bayern because yeah. he's still kind of coming back in the meantime, from that. Um, could be, yeah, could be Stambouli, uh, but I'd That's probably like to see Ben Taleb ultimately and Mascarell as like central midfield. Um, it, some of this is going to depend on what what kind of general system and shape and formation that that Wagner picks because, I mean, ideally I'd like to see like Mascarell, Ben Taleb, Serdar, and Harit all on the field at the same time, yeah. but that would probably have to be more of a diamond shape to make that work for the most part. That's I mean, it's good. possible you could go like straight four four two with like Serdar and, and Harit like wide, but I, once again, I don't think that necessarily ideally suits either of those players. And then once again, are we going to see you know a striker partnership with Marku kind of playing second striker? Or are we going to see like a lone guy up top? In which case, then maybe you bring in some wing players like Matano. You know, it kind of depends. So, um, but yeah, ideally, I would like to see Harit, Serdar, Bentaleb, Mascarell on the field together as much as possible because I think that actually is a pretty strong like core midfield that you can put together there. Yeah, that, I, I agree with that. Uh, Doug says, uh, we have the talent to be 7th to 10th this year, but the execution is the key, 100%. And maybe Wagner isn't finding the way to get the most out of the talent. And we saw it toward the tail end of the season, but I guess you could say the opposite of the first half of the season. So we'll see. Again, too many unknowns uh, with this. So um, I guess, you know, only thing left, I guess we got a lot of listener questions, Jack. Uh, let's get to them. We've already answered a bunch here on, on, on YouTube here live. Uh, let me bring up the whole handy dandy uh, notepad here. Uh, first, from our buddy James, who's actually on the on the on the telecast with us. We're sponsored by Blues Clues now, in case you weren't sure. Handy dandy. <laughs> Can you tell I have a toddler? Yeah. You um, he says, you know, what do you think with a healthy Harit, Serdan, Rahman, and the addition of Bentaleb? Can the team turn this around? Uh, the potential is there, but we there's so many unknowns. We don't know how they're going to play together yet. Um, we're hoping that it does turn around because we. We both mentioned, I think, almost all those players in our starting 11, ideally. So hopefully that's the case. The, the main thing for me is injuries. Um, 
are far and few this this season, and especially those core guys stay there. Especially like especially the, the core guys in defense as well. You know, Kabak and and Sane, both those guys had injuries last year. Uh, yeah. If we can keep people healthy, um, I like our chances of at least fighting around mid table. But it, it's it's too early to tell at the moment to see what we got. But I hope with those additions that we should do better. We should do better this year. What do you think, Jack? You agree? Copy copy paste. Copy paste. I like it. Um, From the Facebook group, uh, Glenn Collins says, looks like we were about to sign the surplus striker, which we did, Pacienza from Frankfurt. So preseason predictions. How many starts will Katuchu get? Uh, And then will Bergstaller make the bench? Bergstaller might be the starter. Um, Who knows, man? You know what? Bergstaller for right back. I'm calling it now. That's the solution. (laughs) No, that's all he does is just harass people. Put him in at right back. He doesn't stop running. Let's let's go for it. He doesn't cross, but. Yeah, dude, he's going to foul people. It's going to be great. Uh, but you would think uh, if if a striker is gonna be shipped out or not getting the pitch time um, outside of Katuchu, it's probably gonna be Bergstaller is not gonna get with you know with Pacienza and Abisovich coming in. But he, Wagner loved him last year. Think of it: if he's playing right back, he can't be offside. <laughs> you think he will? I mean, I'm sure I'll find a way. But I'm just saying <laughs> he could be in goal and be he offside. Can't, he can't get caught offside. You know, I'm just. Big brain stuff here, right? I'm, I'm solving all of our problems on the fly. This is great. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Glenn William asked, uh, "What do you think about starting Schubert? Oh, wait. do you think starting Schubert would have been better choice than starting Farman? Uh, we kind of talked about it earlier, Jack. But I mean, uh, I, I think it solely depends on what we're seeing in preseason. Obviously, we're not in there. Um, I'm yeah. not, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure that's being made for a number of reasons, primarily performance, but also who knows where that kid's head's at after the uh, after last season? Because once again, I don't think." Wagner managed that situation particularly well um, and kind of put him in a tough spot. Um, and there was a lot of conversation, including on this podcast uh, of us talking about this guy all the time. And if he, if he was reading any of that, um, of that internet conversation, I'm sure that wasn't great for his confidence either. So yeah, I'm fine with giving the keys back to Fairman. Um, you know, if it turns out he's washed, then, then fine, give it back to Schubert, but sounds like he's been decent in the preseason. And, and, uh, I mean, that, that's a steady familiar hand who understands, you know, the team and, and has a lot of Bundesliga experience. So I'm fine with that. Yeah. From the experience that he has, from what I've seen in the preseason, I think, uh, and also the mentorship aspect, I think, uh, starting Fairman is a good choice. Yeah. You want to get your youngster some, some pitch time, but you know, like yeah, Jack, you just mentioned, is he all there mentally? And I think that's such a big key for for goalkeepers, especially young goalkeepers. And I think if having someone like Fairman there to help him guide him along the way mentally, uh, teaching some things behind the scenes to help him prepare himself better will go a long way. And I'm 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 totally fine with Fairman starting, assuming he does a good job. And that's the thing, the main thing we we've always t- talked about with goal, goal goaltenders here is that if they're good enough, they're if they're playing they're playing really well, keep them in there. But if they're you know they're letting in goals, easy goals, then you know switch them out. So. Hey, Jake's on the show. He says, uh, work rate energy needs to be extremely high for this team to do okay. The first half of last season, we were pressing like crazy, which is true as a team, and then abandoned it completely after the break, which is still mind-blowing to us. That Could, not, like, agree, could not agree more. Had our best game against Gladbach, and then this disappeared. Yeah. Um, anyway. No, he's uh, right. I mean, that, that seems to be like it's, – it, it's, like, it's not like it's plan A. Like, that's – there is no plan B. Like, for yeah. – I mean, assuming Wagner goes into the season with a similar kind of tactical – you know, idea as what he was trying to accomplish in the first half. Like, I mean, what we've seen so far is if, if that's not working and, and the players aren't executing that properly, there's really not a whole lot for us to fall back on. So hopefully there's some, there's some fresh ideas. We talked about it last year, like how few shapes yeah. Wagner felt comfortable working out of. 
Um, I mean, we criticized Tedesco for 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 too many experimentations, probably. So we appreciated the continuity from Vaughn to some extent. It's something but, in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed like yeah he just kind of ran out of ideas. So uh, yeah, that'll be something to keep an eye on is is how well that's working. If that's even going to be a focus going into the season, which I imagine it would be. But I love the plan A that Wagner has because I think the pressing does work like to Jake's point. Um, but I think we need to have a backup plan B or B and C just in case a team can figure that out like a Barton Wood or a Dorman. Um, have a backup plan to to do something different and don't just rely on to say, hey, just do what you got to do. Um, also back on the Facebook group, uh, David Thielen. And if I, permiss- if I butcher any of your names, I apologize. Please just let me know. Uh, like last year, I kept saying Uth, Mark Uth, and it's Mark Uth. Uh, so anyway, uh, he says, with, well, with the recent moves at Ford as an option, I get the loan of Pasienza, but I sure as hell don't understand why we'd loan a Katucha to another team. If it was Berkshire, I would understand it. And I, <laughs> we agree 100%. We talked about that before. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, as long as he's playing, that's that's the key. But if you're not – if like Doug's, Doug's point earlier, he said, if you're not – if Vaca's not even going to play Katucha, just loan him out and let him play because you don't want to ruin the kid's career because he obviously has a lot of potential, at least from what we've seen. Um, given opportunities somewhere to at least tell to prove to us that he does have it or doesn't have it. Yeah. At least we can settle that question. So um, Joseph Lacrita says, uh, how excited are you guys from a scale of zero to 10 and why? And you had an interesting comment. Uh, you said yeah. head and heart. Uh, so tell us what, what, what is your rating? Yeah, I think, I think my head and my heart have different answers to that, which is what I said, which is my, uh, my heart's probably like a 10 in terms of excitement and my head's like a four or a five. Yeah. Um, just because I, I understand where we are at the moment and with a very similar squad makeup, um, minus a couple key players like McKinney, like Calajuri, um, or even, I mean, performances aside, a consistent and reliable right back in John Joe Kenny, who played practically every game for us last season, as opposed to having zero right backs this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the squad is not particularly different or better than it was last year. So for us to expect to somehow have significantly better results. Um, I just don't know if I see it. I hope it's the case. And yeah, I hope we play somewhat closer to how we looked in the first half of the season. But um, given what we've seen recently, given the financial situation, you know, the, the lack of squad building that we can really accomplish. I'm very, from a head perspective, mentally, like if I'm being honest about it and trying to be objective, it's difficult for me to, to get too, too revved up about this upcoming season. I'm at a seven and I'll tell you why. Um, Love, it. Love the optimism. Uh, it's not, and I, I'm with you on the, and, you know, think about the head and the heart. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic because, you know, we got guys back from injury, Harit, Serdar, uh, Mascarell soon. Um, and then we also got some guys back that have skill set and they give us a little bit more depth than we had. Uh, maybe it's a slight upgrade. We, it's guys we've had, we've had before and as no one knew, but it's a slight upgrade in some sense. Um, we've lost another, obviously in right back we've lost, but um, so that gives me a little bit of hope. Hopefully that maybe if they all stay healthy, we can, do much much better than we did in the rook runda um but you know it's also i know that you know i saw what we, what, what happened last year and and until i'm proven it, something proves us differently you have in the back of your mind that we're going to continue to play that same way and so i'm just i'm more optimistic that you know we have a solid or a healthy team at the moment and maybe that'll that'll help us with with better results and that's why it's a seven yeah. so so I'm, I'm very much thinking the same way as you are um Dirk Krebs says, uh, the season will start for me after the match in Munich. Uh, I, I guess I can see that, but it's going to be for me um, uh, from the get-go because, you know, we have five games and I want to see how we do competitively in those games. Uh, I, I keep repeating myself, but 
you know, I, I understand if we lose, we go 0-5 to start, that's one thing, but I want to make sure we're competitive in those games. If they're all 2-1 games and we're playing freaking hard, okay, that's not a bad, it's a, it's okay season. But if it's 5-1, 5 nothing every game? That's got to be the motto going into the year. Play freaking hard. That's got to be the motto. Play freaking hard. No. I put that on my, uh, my uh, scarf over here. Yeah, hashtag. It's a long hashtag. <laughs> uh, Paul Forrester asks, uh, what do you predict will be the opening day starting 11? Um, yeah, I'm not convinced that Mascarell is going to be in there um, for injury yeah. reasons. Nastasic obviously had that um, the head injury Oof, in, yeah, in that, that friendly, so he's not going to be available either. Um, I would expect it to be you know Rudy and, and Ochipka, right and left back respectively. Kabak and, and Sané, assuming they're fit, maybe Stambouli slots in the midfield. Maybe he's in center back as well. Um, chance that Stambouli plays right back too, although I think that's unlikely. Um, yeah, and then you know. It, I would imagine Uts in there, um, Harit, you know, those guys. You know, I think the bigger know. question is, is it going to be Pacienza or Ibisevich? And I think we're both sliding, heading towards uh, Ibisevich. It's going to be <laughs> Probably will be. Uh, Hamza Mendiel, too, partnering with him. Yes, yes. Dubs only. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, David had another question. He says, uh, do you guys feel that Schalke in any way addressed the three areas of need this year, forward, right back, left back? I personally thought the – Rudy at right back scares him. Uh, Mendiel left back and Oli Bisevich at forward. Well, now Paciencia uh, doesn't give him much confidence going to the game on Friday. And I think um, those defensive positions, right back and left back, we certainly did not address uh, those positions. I mean, Rudy is not the answer. Neither is Mendiel as a backup. Um, but I think the forward position, though, you know, we we obviously wanted better players or a, a definitive striker, starting striker. Bisevich and Paciencia are. Decent depth players, I think, to have or starters, um, and it's uh, it's got to be an upgrade in terms of what they've done last year compared to what got, what got with the guys we had last year, right? Uh, Bisevich had what seven goals last year, and Pacienza, yeah, he can yeah. score some goals as well. So seven goals as well, four assists in the Bundesliga yeah. at least. We already got the hashtag going. Look at Doug, play freaking yeah, hard. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so my answer to that question to all three is no. I don't think we've done enough. Um, yeah. We've done literally nothing to replace the right back. Um, cause I'm sorry, Sebastian Rudy is not, he's not a right back. So once again, if that works out great, happy for it. Good job. David Wagner could be the, uh, the max Meyer to a holding midfield masterstroke of this season could be this season's version of that kind of a thing. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, losing two players that could play right back for you and replacing them with zero is not addressing that. Um, Hamza Mendel. Yeah. That, that, that helps our depth situation at left back, but you're basically just bringing him in for Miranda. And once again, Hamza Mendiel, it's not it's not new blood, and he played horribly for us in his first stint. So, um, once again, second chance. Looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table. I'm be watching him closely, and I hope it goes really well for him. But um, I would I'm not ready to say that that's addressing the left back situation yet either. And then up top, I think I think Paciencia has a, has a potential to to be surprising and, and you know and, and be a legit option for us. But um, yeah, once again, 36 year old Abisevich. Um, you're bringing in Mark Oot, who did not play well for us either. You know, it didn't, I don't really think we addressed any of those um, those needs going into this new year, and and totally understand you know the financial constraints that have that have played a huge huge part in that. But um, yeah, it's I think they've done what they can to kind of patchwork some stuff, but it's not not super convincing. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Um, and I think on that note, we've gone over the hour mark. It's a preview well, show. Yeah. 
It's going to be one of our longer shows, but uh, we had to rant on certain topics, as you'd expect. Uh, we had a lot of great questions from you guys, uh, both here on YouTube and as well on, on Twitter and Facebook and, and all, the, all the social media. So thank you for all the questions that came in. We love it very much with the interaction here. Um, so, yeah, uh, before we wrap this up, uh, if you haven't signed up for the Shaka U.S. newsletter, make sure you do that. Easy as a sending, sending in your email, and you'll get the, the updates every month. So make sure you do that. Um, Get your gear like the gear I'm wearing, the Shaka third alternate jersey in the Shaka store from Fanatics. Uh, it's a definitely, I love this kit. I love the color, Jack. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but we also have merchandise for our podcast. So, you know, check that out at teespring.com for sure. Get the swag. Jack, I didn't see you wearing some stuff too. I got my mug here somewhere. I don't know where it is, but uh, that's the next is, purchase uh, I got to get. I got to get, get that coffee mug. That's what I got. Yeah, that's what I got to yeah. get. Yeah. So. Definitely do that. Uh, all right. Uh, keep tuning in each week as we bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Shalka, all our listeners, for their questions, uh, for helping us providing tidbits for our podcast today. Uh, if there are any topics you'd like us to discuss, make sure you tweet us at Shalka America. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our future sponsors, NBC4 Nashville, uh, for their continued support. Um, Jack. Uh, First off, where can our followers or listeners follow you on social media? Well, if you're watching this video, it's on the screen now. Great call. I'm putting the, uh, the Twitter handle up for all of our uh, audio listeners. At uh, J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N. Yes, and uh, we're getting this is episode 98. We're getting so close to episode 100. So we might just do a giveaway for episode 100. The podcast handle has more followers than I do. If you're going to follow the podcast, you might as well follow me as well. Let's, yeah, let's, I uh, agree. Let's, I let's agree get Jack that. to like close to 1,000 finally. I'm, Maybe I'm, we'll contribute that into the giveaway yeah. there too. So I'm languishing in, in, in the you know the no man's world. <laughs> right now. It's pretty brutal. Uh, so yeah, uh, you can follow me here on YouTube. You can see my name right there at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, and as always, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Shoes.